Good evening, my friends. It is time for Firestorm Live again. Thank you for tuning in. I know you have a lot of things that pull on your time, a lot of ways that you could spend the time uh, in the car. Maybe you're driving home from work or you're preparing dinner or you just had the beginning of a week and you're finding ways to, to kind of relax. We want to be that for you. We want this to be a time of encouragement and empowerment, and I know it will be tonight. Tonight, the show is all about transformation. Transformation is something that the gospel is really all about. I feel like Jesus, his whole ministry is about saying, hey, the kingdom of God is here. It's here. There's a time for change, and the time is now. And I like to bring you guests that are equippers and encouragers that can show you what it looks like to be just dramatic Christ followers that love recklessly, and they're seeing that that heart of just loving people every day, everywhere they go, is transforming the people around them, because it's the Lord that's doing it. So my guest tonight is Janet Garcia. Hello. Hello, Janet. Thank you for spending time with us. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. And I love your heart. I love the stories that you share. And I feel like for our listeners to kind of get to know you a little bit and get to know um, really what you're going to be able to encourage and bring out of them because it's going to be great. They really need to understand some backstory with you of what the Lord has done with you because the light shines the brightest in the darkness. We don't ever want to give the enemy any face time because he's a defeated enemy. He's a withering branch coming to nothing. He gets no victory, but we do need to share some of the darkness, the backstory, so that people can just enjoy the light. Right. So, you know, the Lord says that uh, you're going to be a city on a hill. You're going to be the light of the world. Yes. Well, he's doing it with you. He set you up as a city on a hill. So when we first met and we started talking about having you on the show, uh, I just really believed that there was a transformation story here. Yes. So if you could kind of talk about what the Lord did with you, transforming you from the old Janet into what God is doing with you now. Yes, yes. Um, well, bless bless you all for listening, and thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Scott, yeah. for being here today. Um, when when I get asked my testimony, I get overwhelmed because I'm like, Lord, where do I even begin? Mm-hmm. Because it is so radical. I give a disclaimer when I before I speak, and it is that I was radically changed by Jesus Christ in my encounter with Him, and it all started from one word, and it was called broken. But Jesus' word says that he came to heal the brokenhearted, yeah. to set the captive free and release those who are in a spiritual bondage or yeah. like you feel chained and you feel fettered, like you cannot move, you're paralyzed. Yeah, and maybe some of you that are listening right now are identifying with that. Well, I'm here to tell you my experiences, those that have been released from bondages, And Janet, I believe that you carry this. You carry an anointing to break that which held you for other people. So I feel like there are folks that are listening right now that the Lord wants to free you from some bondages that you maybe have been carrying, you have been fettered by your entire life. So just as we begin, Janet, I just want to pray for our listeners. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your spirit never returns void. Your word never returns void. So right now, Lord, we just... 
thank you to open the hearts and the ears of all of our listeners. I come against the bondages and the lies of the enemy that have held your children down, that have limited your children from everything you have for them. And I pray, Lord, that right now the chains of the enemy would be broken as you open Janet's mouth and she speaks. Lord, I thank you for freedom. Yes. to freedom just to yes, come out. Lord. Thank you, Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So freedom's coming. What happened with you, Janet? Well, what happened was I was um, I was a... Um, um, my, my childhood was basically broken. It started there. I didn't have anything to do with what happened in my life. I didn't find that out until later. Like, why is all these things happening to me? What did I do? Because you're yeah. feeling like you're at fault with something. Yeah, you're responsible for all. Yeah, the I didn't brokenness. do anything. I didn't do anything. It starts in the generation, and sometimes you have to look and at the pattern of some type of brokenness, some type of addiction, some type of um, what is the same patterns that always happen? It could be fear. It can be this anxiousness or health related issues that go in the, in the line of your family or whatever. For me, it was a, uh, and later you, you learned that, you know, that we lived in a cursed world and there's either blessings or curses. You follow Jesus Christ, you're blessed. You don't follow Jesus, then yeah. you're in this cursed situation. And so for my family, our forefathers, you know, the, the Bible also talks about he will visit the iniquities or the sins of the forefathers of the previous generations. Yeah. And that was my that was my case. By the age of five, I'm already in a divorce situation with my parents. I'm the only child. And, and then I live with my mother for a, a little bit until she remarries again. But there was something in the line of my family that showed the brokenness and it came out in the forms of mental health issues alcoholism drug addictions fighting um just um uh, poverty um um uneducated you know these things and so you know i don't even know half the story sometimes because of it was so broken i think it's really sad sometimes that if our if you come from a, a broken childhood or dysfunctional family mm-hmm. there you go dysfunctional family that has no foundation no firm footing and then later in life you know your you know children suffer yeah. because of what happens with the parents and the family and so you know I'm like seven eight nine years old and I'm trying to get answers for what all the sin everything that I'm seeing you know um you know alcoholism the wild parties in the house wow. seeing things that I should not have seen at such an in and in, in an innocent age yeah. you know and out of respect of my parents I love them so much I know I finally had an encounter with the with the 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 understanding that broke people hurt people hurt people and if you don't receive any type of healing that inner wound or you know emotional healing that especially on my mother's side you know then you know everybody everything else suffers you know and so that was kind of my story um I moved around a lot with my family and then just um, didn't have a, a lot of encouragement and by the time it was you know trying to get 
you know, good teaching or some type of good foundation with maybe like my father or Mm -hmm. whatever, it was kind of already too late. My heart was hardened. Um, There had been too much of mental or emotional abuse that I just couldn't handle it. And then, you know, I lost, um, my mother lost custody at nine years old. And that's where your nurturing comes. You know, I lost this relationship with her and it really didn't get restored back until the last, I would say, 10, 12 years of her life. And she just passed away last year in Mm -hmm. August. So, and God restored all that and allowed me to be a foundation for her and a foundation for my parents to be restored back in that relationship in that way. But, you know, my, a majority of my life up until 31 that I gave my heart to the Lord and started going to a Bible believing church. Yeah did my life begin to start going into a a better direction? And I tried. I tried, you know, eight years old, I got a message from a local church ministry, picked me up on a bus, took me there to their church services, and I heard salvation. And I'd raised my hand, excited. But then in my childlike mind, I didn't understand that. So I thought a fear overtook me and said, why are you keep raising your hand? You know, I don't, I didn't understand that each week I was raising my hand. So you were one of the kids that prayed to receive Jesus just every week over and over. A lot of us did that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, I was in the military. I joined the Marines, the uncle Sam's misguided children (laughs) (laughs) after a degree, um, in college, I was in foster care system in my high school years and um, my social worker encouraged me to go off to college, which I didn't believe. I didn't believe highly in myself and my future. I thought I would just get a job, but he said, I want you to apply to college. And I said, well, wait a minute. I was told I was stupid and I'll never amount to anything. And I really believed that for up until like my 40s. Yeah. And until I had a breakthrough, <laughs> you know, with that. Which we're going to talk about. And yeah. actually, you know, went off to school. But I was a ward of the state at the time, so I didn't have to answer to anybody. And I okay. was really struggling in my heart with who I was and where did I belong and why was – did I – I was starting to really – because I felt so alone all the time and I would grip on to people and I would grip on to relationships. And then when they would be severed, I was always devastated. And I had to seek counseling on and off throughout my life. And I was told, oh, it's because the reason why you're struggling is because you've been neglected and abandoned and found out that I had this thing where I just didn't feel this belonging and unworth, you know, unworthy and all these things, you know, just didn't know who I was, worked all kinds of different various jobs. But when I went into the service, I really worked hard and I loved being in the service because you, you, there's a sense of belonging. Yeah. So I served eight years in the Marine Corps, met my husband. He started being that healing, that unconditional love physically in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And my life started to get you know, healed and we started going in a really good direction, okay. especially when we got into church and were embraced by loving and beautiful people. But still, there was something missing. And it sounds like to me, I know we shared a little bit of your story. You had been in the church in various capacities since you were a little girl. You prayed mm-hmm. to receive Jesus when you're a little girl, you're elementary age. But you had an encounter yes. with the Lord. That completely changed everything. You were different after that. Yes. Tell us what happened. So from there, um, I'm in the military. I'm trying to give my heart to the Lord. But I keep going to a worship service for probably about a month, maybe two months. 
and I start hearing these voices. Look at you. Look at, I was crying profusely and a lot of guilt and shame and condemnation for all the sin that I had committed. Yeah. I knew that I was not living a, a, a good life. This is you while know, you're in, in the service? In the service. Yeah. I was invited to church by one of my um, leaders and his family, and I was starting to go faithfully, got baptized, was mm-hmm. doing Bible studies and these things. But when I would go into the service, I would he- into the worship service, I would hear a voice that would say, look at you, look at all you've done. Who, who are you? What do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are? You know, that's, yeah. who do you, it was always a, a word, who do you think you are? Look at what, yeah. look at who you, who you are. And I knew I was kind of on the, that fence, you know, like I wanted to give my heart fully, but I knew I wasn't living yeah. appropriately and I didn't know how to change. I wasn't, we weren't extra instructed. I didn't understand, you know, I'm reading the Bible, but it's not getting in there, I guess, or whatever. But, yeah. um, later as I, met my husband and we're um seeking god together we go start looking for a church in southern california when we lived there and uh, we were embraced by these beautiful people but so for 12 years i'm in a denomination that says you know god the father jesus the son and the holy spirit but there's no understanding of holy spirit Mm -hmm. the third trinity you know are the the full trinity gospel Uh, the message that God is the triune being and he has a spirit he wants to put in or that it is in us but to understand it the understanding the knowledge of who God is through his son and through his holy spirit and then we moved to the east coast and we've been here almost 14 14 years now and I was invited to a women's conference by one of the women from the the church that I was in I went two years in a row, and the second year I felt led to come for this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you didn't know what that was. Didn't even know what that was. Okay, maybe explain that for some of our listeners that maybe, I mean, I know what baptism is. I know what Holy Spirit is, but what is baptism and Holy Spirit? Do I need it? Maybe I've never had that. Um, Is there more? This is what people are thinking. This is what I was thinking. So what does that mean? Well, I look at the scriptures. The scriptures makes it very clear. John the Baptist was baptizing people in the water, mm-hmm. right? Then Jesus even got baptized, and then the Holy Spirit came upon him. Yeah. And John says, there's one coming after me yes. whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And, and you know, from my denominational background, that was a, a – a little terrifying what does that mean but it's absolutely a critical element of fullness in the lord now you can you can pray to receive jesus and you have a full completed faith however there is more available you just have to reach for it you have to go after it and that is relationship with the Lord through his Holy Spirit. And we get that through impartation. We get that through laying on of hands. It's all over the place in the, in the, in the gospels and in the book of Acts. So what happened to you? So I go forward and I get, I get prayed over and this powerful presence overwhelms my whole entire body. I get what the Bible says, a prayer language. Mm -hmm. 
I began just in to, the moment. It just bubbles out of you. Yes. I well, one it. of the ministry's leaders started praying in her yeah. prayer language, and it just kind of catches. Yeah. You catch it. The Holy Spirit starts coming on you, and then your, you know, yeah. she was just praying for me to open my mouth so that yeah. I may receive that prayer language, and I began to pray in a prayer language that I never understood, never knew what that was. And you could ask my husband. I run home from this conference so overwhelmed. I'm I'm filled with this power that I cannot comprehend. I'm feeling I'm feeling this presence that I cannot explain. It's so hard to explain. And um, I'm just like, babe, something happened. I don't know what happened. I felt weak in the knees. I wanted to fall over. I wanted to fall on the floor, but I didn't. I stayed yeah. on my feet, but I felt this this. Presence. And it's good. It's a, called a presence. Yeah. It's presence, <laughs> For a they said. But yeah. I didn't know what that was because it wasn't explained. We don't understand. Yeah. And I get excited yeah. about it, as you no, can tell. No, I can tell. Then I can more, tell you're then passionate. Then the more you start, then I said, wait a minute. Then we were led out of where we were to a, a new, denom- totally entirely different denomination, different even day of worship, to go into a church that was teaching about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? And even my Bible study. I, you know, before, for 12 years, I would read my Bible like 10, 15 minutes before bed and I say, and fall asleep on God. Mm-hmm. But when I get this this encounter, the spiritual awakening and encounter, yeah. then the Bible becomes different in my hand. And for an entire year, I'm getting taught something different than what I've been taught for the last 12 years. And I didn't understand that. The the word comes alive. The word came alive in my hand. And I began to want more and more of it. And I needed that because of my my negative self-talk, all the negativity I'd lived under, that broken childhood. I needed, the word says, you have to renew your mind. And so I began to read and take my Bible study seriously. And now I will not live another day without it. I will consume, I've consumed myself with God's word for the last seven years. And it wasn't you doing it. It wasn't you like, okay, I'm just going to read the Bible like a novel. I'm just going to read it now. It wasn't that. It wasn't like a goal set of I got to get through five chapters a day in order to finish it in a year or whatever it is. There was a compulsion. Yes. Where And I found the same thing happen in in my life is that I've read the Bible many times and I've done it for years and years. But when the Lord really got a hold of my heart with an encounter, much like yours, then the word became – not something that I just read to check the box and you know do my do my time or whatever it is, but there was actual. It reads me. <laughs> it was the thing. The word was actually like reading me now. So as I'm reading through something, it's not just me getting more data. It's not me understanding you know what Jesus said here. It's it's there's something going on. The word is reading me, and I'm changing because of what it's doing. Yes. It's not me. It's Jesus is the word Mm, he is the word so when we're in the word we are communing with jesus the risen savior and he changes us from the inside but you have to have your heart in that position and i think for a lot of us until you've had an encounter with the lord you can't work it up yourself yeah no And so, you know, then I get passionate about the word and I start reading and getting more truth, you know, 
or even worship. My worship changed from a place of reverence and just quietness and no clapping, no oh. lifting of hands <laughs> or, you know, this little like halfway lifting your hands, kind of like you're afraid to worship yeah. to all out. I'm a dancer worshiper, yeah. worshiper at church. Now yeah. my arms are moving. I cannot stop. I go with the, with the, the flow of the worship and, and, you know, David danced before the Lord yeah. and I just love that. I look forward to one day I'm going to, I'm going to dance in heaven at the throne of God. Yeah. And I'm like looking forward to that. But, you know, I, and then you get the teaching and you just start understanding there's to tap into the things of the spirit and, and actually be the representative of Jesus Christ here on earth yeah. and going to do the commission as it says to do. And being that bold ambassador, the Lord says, yeah. be fully armored that. and be fully equipped and then go out and do my work and be bold about it. And don't be ashamed of the gospel. I'm like, like I said, he's radically changed my life. So why am and not forget my salvation ever? Yeah. And now I want to go represent him. Yeah. I even have that on my Facebook thing. Like, yeah. what's my job? I'm the representative of yeah. Jesus Christ. But I just love to go and serve him because I learned so much in the last several years, but I consumed myself and said, I want to learn everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I wanted, I started getting healing, I, yeah. physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing. I'd been um, seeing it in the word that actually my life was starting to get changed. My relationships with my parents got restored. My relationship with my family got restored. My relationship with my husband, my children, you know, because I just was suffering from all those old patterns yeah. that are in the line of your 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 family, your bloodline, yeah. and all of that has to the has to be severed. You know, breaking. I think they call it a breaker's anointing. Yeah where you've put the blood of Jesus on your family bloodline and the future generations will not have to suffer from the brokenness of the past. Amen. And my husband and I are that that generation that believe to stop all yeah. that. So now my children, my children and my children's children, the next generation's ahead of you know for a thousand generations. It says and a I thousand pray that generations, and yes. I pray that I said devil you will regret these times that you have stolen from us and afflicted us and put us in that bondage and all these things. And so yeah. that's us wanting to be used in a mighty way Yeah. to be used by the, if you set aside one of my favorite scriptures, second Timothy two twenty one and 22, that you're setting aside the latter, your, your past life mm -hmm. to be used by the master to display his good works. I just love that scripture. And you keep uh -huh. reading it. It tells you some other good stuff too. But yeah. and, the, and in the book of Acts 19, 1 through 6, when Paul has the encounter with the disciples, and he notices that they are disciples, but he says, you know, what were you baptized in? Well, the baptism of John by water. Well, yeah. did you hear about the Holy Spirit? And they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. I think a lot of folks in the church uh, are are in that same place. And the uh, 
the Lord wants to free you. You know, what, as you were sharing there, Janet, what I was feeling is I, I just think there's folks that are listening right now. If you could just pray for listeners, for that breaker anointing into their life, that the line will be broken now with the blood of Jesus, yes. that from this day forward, they will move forward in blessing a, to a thousand generations. Just whatever the Lord puts yes. on your heart real quickly okay, for, for whoever's yes, listening. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up your listeners your children, your sons and your daughters right now that they would see, open up their spiritual eyes that they may see and have an understanding that you want to break them away from those past generational patterns of brokenness that you want to put the blood of jesus on their bloodline right now that they have children and they have grandchildren and they have children and all the children's children's for a thousand generations they want to be um what they say we to mark them for for jesus and the blessings the blessings of abraham jesus said that he was gonna he came for the jew and the gentile so that all of those things so that Jesus could come for everybody and that we could have the blessings of Abraham. And so, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that right now that they would see that I don't want this brokenness for my ne- the next generation and the ones before that. And today you can make that decision for Jesus Christ, for his salvation. You can invite him into your heart to make him the Lord over your life and say, I want to cut cut those broken areas with the blood of Jesus Christ and release myself myself from those chains and those the bondage that my family line has been in and if there's anyone any parent or any grandparent that you can pray them out as well and that they can also be free from those things and help them to be touched by the Lord and then renew their mind as well And Father, we thank you for it, what you're going to do now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Janet, I was feeling like, you know, we've known each other for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, You are a fire for the Lord. And we've had an opportunity to go out and and do some love and action together, which is what we call just doing life and praying for people in the normal going about of our business, of our life. And I remember we had we were in a small group and we went we went to Walmart. You're praying for people in Walmart or stores fairly regularly. Yes. What's God done in in those places? You said you have a register ministry. Yes, what I is, call it the that? register ministry. Yeah. You know, I'm a I've been a stay at home mother since two thousand six. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I saw you work hard and I'm gonna give you a break. And I've been raising my kids ever since with my husband, my husband working really hard for our family. And since I've been home, um, you know, when I go out and about in the community and stuff, I've always I found found out that I had that encouragement gift and I really started to use it. And OK, so, so talk about that. I, I think I know what you mean. Yes. But I, you, what I feel like the Lord is showing me, Jan, is a lot of our listeners right now, you have an encouragement gift. You have an anointing on your life where the Lord shows you things about people where you can actually like look in their eyes and you can see the gold that's buried in there. Mm-hmm. The enemy doesn't want you to do this, and so he's going to throw up you know, reasons for you not to say anything. But I just feel like there are a lot of listeners right now that have this ability to look at a checkout girl at a register 
and see things in her. And what you're doing, Janet, is you're actually just speaking them out. You're mm-hmm. just calling forth the gold. So what's an experience you've had like that? Um, one time I was at um, Walmart and I was in line. And what I do is, first and foremost, I feel uh, such a compassion for them because they're standing all day and they're just ringing up and yeah. nobody's really interacting. And now that, you know, yeah. You know, we know what we've been through, you know, this last yeah. year or two and stuff. It's just a lot of struggles or just it's like a thankless job, yeah. you know. And the one thing that I love to do is I call them by their name tag, whether okay. they're a server or at the at the register. And I call their name out. How are you doing today, Peggy? You know, or whatever their yeah. name is. How are you doing there, John? You know, and just make a conversation, open it up. So just about normal life. You don't have to like initiate with Jesus loves you or can I pray for you? You just say, how's your day going, Peggy? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I just start letting the Lord use me. (laughs) Everybody can do this. And I could just do whatever comes out of my mouth. Sometimes I'm like, can you say that you're blessed today? You know, or just bringing something encouragement. Oh, yes. And I've had conversations with people, but in this case with this young lady, I pray to myself and I ask the God, I ask the Lord, yeah. what would you want me to say to them? So you as you're me? waiting in line, you're yes. waiting for your turn, is it that you look at the checkout girl, the re- the woman working the register, and in your heart you say, Lord, what do you have for yes. her? Yes, what would you Just want in your me mind, to, you just a quick mind. thought prayer. Yep. And heart, then what happens? Then I hear, sometimes I hear this message in my heart to okay. tell them. And I ended up telling this young lady, I, I cannot remember exactly, but I told her, I said, I know this might sound weird, but I just was praying for you. And I tell them straight up, yeah. I was just praying for you. And I was asking God if there was something he could share with you today. And he was telling me that you have this funny saying, and does this, you know, does this resonate with you? And she started smiling and laughing. She goes, oh my goodness, me and my my grandmothers, we joke about this. So you, the Lord gave you a specific funny saying that you would not have known, you had no way of knowing, but the Holy Spirit communicates that to your mind as an immediate on the spot, word of knowledge. Yes. You speak it to the checkout girl, mm-hmm. and she is touched. She knows that she's been yes. seen by God. Yes, yes. Things like that have happened. Yeah. How um, exciting! Or just talking to the young, you know, yeah. the young ones. Oh, what are you, what are you gonna? Because you know, you don't want them to. They probably don't want to be. A, you know, that's not their dream. It's not They're the dream. end of the line. Yes, they want more you know, than this, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what do you what do you have going on? Are you going to school? Or okay. you know, you just got to get into their life and ask just a simple question, mm-hmm. questions to them. And if you have time, and I'm like, and if I ever get, you know, and don't catch me at the at the register, you know, when it's yeah. later in the evening and nobody's There's around, nobody behind then you. I really yeah. have some time, you know, to really get into it. But you know, sometimes. You know, one lady had something with her eye, and I okay. asked her, I said, are you in pain right now? Or whatever it was, I felt an impression to ask her if she had pain, and she said yes. And I said, would it be okay if I pray with you right now? And I'll pray right there. Yeah. Sometimes people are waiting, but, you know. Then we keep it quick. Yes. It's not, that's, I think that's a really important teaching point, that you want to be sensitive yes. to people behind you, you know. Uh, but at the same point, you want to be sensitive to what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And if he gives you an inside bit of knowledge on this girl 
that she is now undone. Yes. Well, she she needs to know that God sees you. That's from him. He loves you. And then the spirit will open more doors, right? Yes. You yes. don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. He does it. And sometimes if you just don't even, you know, you don't have time or you're mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I, I, I try to pray and be mindful of my time or what's going on and just be sensitive to how the Lord wants you to touch someone. But if in, if anything, hey, listen, um, I think we were out doing Love on Action and I try to stop a guy and say um, to talk with him. And I said, can I offer a prayer? And he's like, no, thanks. And he just walked off. But I said, um, you know, if nobody's told you this recently, you know, Jesus loves you. And do you know that Jesus loves you? Or, yeah. you know, it just kind of opens the conversation. Yeah. Or, you know, stop a woman. One day I stopped a woman at the Walmart and she was in her cart and we were in the middle of the mask thing. And I really had to press, you had to press your way through all that and yeah. still be mindful to speak to somebody. Yeah that they needed an encouragement. And this woman, we had a conversation. I asked her how she was doing, could I pray for you? She had a knee surgery, but she need, as I was praying for her, I got an impression that there was some stuff going on at home and she needed even more prayer. And she was started crying. She was like, I I really needed this, you know? And you just don't know. We are with Janet Garcia tonight and Janet is just, the, the testimonies, Janet, are just bubbling out of you, and I love it. I had to stop her. But Janet is is so naturally moving in love, and I believe that's a key, which we'll talk about some more. The key of being the hands and feet of Jesus is Jesus lives, knowing that Jesus lives in you, but then knowing that he, moved by compassion, wants to touch people around you. And Janet, what you're doing is you're giving people really natural coaching points Mm -hmm. on how to go do that. So you were saying you're in Walmart. It was at the middle, uh, you know, during the pandemic. Everybody is very closed. We're all wearing masks. It's hard to connect with people. However, in that time, the Lord gives you supernatural words of knowledge to share with people you're seeing people weeping in the walmart because they so needed it yes. uh what else what what else has the lord done so two weeks ago three weeks ago i went to um a beach outing with a group of ladies with their kids and i was there and by the way that that week i'd gotten hit in my shoulder just sitting down on my couch my upper right shoulder blade was just in so much pain. I mean, it was piercing. Just came out of the blue? Out of the blue. Okay. And I was like, okay, so that's an attack of the enemy attacking my body. Mm-hmm. I normally, you know, since a lot of my healing, I don't really encounter um, a lot of pains in my body or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's there, but, you know, I can ignore it or just move forward. to have a high threshold of pain. But this day, I just sat down to do a Bible study, and I started getting this piercing pain in my right upper shoulder blade. And and um, so I started to pray. And I remembered one of the teachings from the evangelist, Robbie Dawkins, yeah. that when the, and I loved it. This is what I really got out of that conference and that message that he taught was, if the enemy attacks you or your family, go take a toll. Make him pay. Make him pay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Lord, who am I going to go pray for? That day we go to Shore Drive Beach. Okay. And I'm there and I'm starting to look around and I just so happen to see this lady walking, picking up shells by herself with a cane. 
And mm. she's slowly, very gingerly, leaning mm. over to pick up these shells and stuff. She has a camera on her on her um, on her neck, and she's just by herself. And so I walk up to her and I said, "Hey, what's going on? Oh, so you're a photographer, and I love photography." I just start conversating with her. Yeah. And we start having this, the Lord starts having such an encounter with her. And it was so beautiful. I just started asking questions. Oh, where are you from? Are you from here? She said, no, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. You're here by yourself? Yes, I came all this way by myself. And I said, um, she was going to go to a, um, this was like a Wednesday, and she was going to go to a wedding by the end of the week. Mm. And so I just learned a lot of a little bit about her. She was retired. She was um, just there vacationing and mm-hmm. going to go to this wedding. But the thing was, like you said, and you confirmed it, I looked into her eyes and I really saw that um, I could see a reflection of myself in her eyes. Okay. And the Lord has shown me that that is the light of him in a person and yeah. they are a believer or okay. you can tell because, right, the Bible talks about the eyes. The lamp of the, the body. Yes. Yeah. And so I said, are you a believer? And she said, yes, all my life. And I said, can I pray for you? I said, tell me about your cane and whatnot. She said, I'd had a knee surgery and these, that, this, that, and the other. So I said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. And she welcomed my prayer. We prayed for her and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about her son. I said, you have a son and you're concerned for his need or whatever's going on. I said, I don't know what's going on, but God does and he's going to take care of that need. And then I just got to speak life over her that she's in her set middle 70s and I said you have a long life in front of you God's not done with you yet and you're going to encounter her I just spoke life you're going to encounter God in the way that you've never seen before through this journey you just him by yourself on this journey all the way home until you get to your bed and she was so blessed that day it blessed me it blessed her I said if I don't see you now I'll see you again someday you know And, and what I love about that the way you model that is you're just very natural you know, it doesn't have to be heavy duty. Do you know Jesus? Pray this prayer. You take an interest in them, and the the love of the Lord that lives in you is just bubbling out very naturally. Yes. I think a lot of our listeners, we try to make it harder than it really is. You know, we say, Lord, if you tell me what to say, I'll go talk to that person. But what I found is the Lord says, no. You go start talking to them, and then I'll give you what to say. Mm-hmm. It comes afterward right but you have to step out in faith and in love and that's when the lord comes in with a grace and just backfills it yeah we should talk about that one time we went and did love in action it was you and me and i think our friend jeff and we had been out we went to a walmart prayed for some people but then we went back to um i guess it was the church that we had kind of based out of and they were doing a food pantry or something, and it was you know people coming and getting fresh vegetables and, and all that stuff. We just kind of stumbled upon this. Yes. But what I remember, I'll set it up and then you share okay, from your yeah. perspective. What I remember was we were finishing up, we were heading back, we would get out of the car, and you had a pain. I feel like it was at your hip. I think you had a, like a sharp pain in your hip, and you said, wow, I'm, you guys need to pray for me. My hip hurts. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember saying, well, let's just see if that's for you or if that's for somebody else. Because – and what you shared a minute ago was about your shoulder. Mm-hmm. 
that can often be what I call a sympathy pain, mm-hmm. which the Lord is giving you wisdom, knowledge, uh, not about you, it's not your pain, but it's you're going to meet somebody very soon, or maybe you're already around them in the general area, who has that hurt. And now we just step out in faith and we can ask people, hey, do you, does your right hip hurt? Like, and I, when it happens to me, I point to it on me. I'm like, does your, does your right knee hurt kind of on the outside, kind of high, like right here? And I point to it on me. And uh, it's just the coolest thing when someone looks at you with wide eyes and they say, yes, how do you know that? And I always say, I don't know it. But God knows it, and he sees you, and he loves you. And then I get really audacious, and I say, probably because I'm going to pray for you, and he's about to heal your knee. I put that out there. So we were going back in the, you know, the food pantry thing, and you had a pain in your hip. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, well, let's wait and see. And we go into the church. Your hip's still hurting. And we walked into the kitchen and I'm because I'm kind of there coaching and encouraging people, and I want to model it for you guys. And I walked into the kitchen, and there's like four or five people, and they're getting their fresh vegetables. And I said, "Hey, uh, excuse me, does anyone have a pain, Janet? Where does it hurt?" And I had you describe <laughs> yeah. it. And yeah. then what happened? Then it was in the right. Uh, since I walked out of the car, got dropped off by my husband that night. This pain started overwhelming me, and the whole night, and till we got to church. Yeah. And so when I asked, we asked the lady, come to find out, it was a lady named Sharon. She needed that prayer for her hip. She said, yeah. I, I saw the look on her yeah. face. She's like, yes, my 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 hip does hurt. And, and so, I remember her saying, in my back. And, and there mm-hmm. were four or five people in there. And I just said to the group, hey, excuse me. Um, <laughs> you know, random question. I, sometimes I start with random question. Does anyone have pain? Where is it, Janet? And you described it. Right hip, kind of right here. And this woman, I'm glad you remembered her name, Sharon. Yes. She said, I do, and in my lower back or something. Yes. And I remember we ended up praying for her. Do you remember what happened? Well, all her pain left. Thank like you, instantly, yes. on, in the moment. Yes. And But then there was more. Yeah, she had a uh, concern and a prayer for her son. And he's yeah. just been in very trying times in his life and really needed some prayer for you know, deliverance or help, yeah, breaking you know. addiction. I yes, think. yes. Yeah. And so, since you know those prayers, you know, um, she was actually coming to church. We saw him, met him. He was coming to church a couple oh, really? times. He did come. I to never church. knew that. Okay. We laid. Uh, uh, we know. I know. I saw saw yeah. people praying for him when they okay. visited and things like that. So, hoping and praying that that situation and circumstance was rectified and he yeah. was you know received what he needed. Um, we since had prayed for him even after that. Amen. For so the Lord really opened a door there. That this you know this lady is just coming to get you know her fresh vegetables and the you know the church outreach to the community, and the Lord gives you a sympathy pain, a word of knowledge, mm-hmm. and then we pray for this woman. The Lord takes away all of her pain instantly in the moment. I remember it was pretty high. We always ask them to gauge it. Zero is no pain. Ten is like Mm -hmm. really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Where was it? And I remember her saying it was a fairly high number. I don't remember exactly, but like seven, eight-ish, somewhere in there. And I remember we prayed for her, and the Lord took all of her pain away like in one prayer, I think. It went Mm -hmm. from like seven to zero in one time. And I remember saying to her, that's Jesus. He's touching your body right now because he loves you so much. 
and then you took over which is glorious because my wife wasn't with me and anytime i'm ministering and there's a woman i always like you know my yeah. wife does it or you were there and you could actually physically lay a hand on her hip which i wouldn't do mm-hmm. i would have her put her own hand on right. her hip and i would touch the back of her hand lightly <laughs> with like a fingertip just to make connection but you really ran with that and what it sounds like is that the Lord took that leading with that sympathy pain in your hip and is just restoring the whole family, bringing them back to the church. Her son is being ministered to. Yes. All because you had a pain in your hip. (laughs) So I feel like just the teaching point here is those pains and those things that you have, they're not always for you. Mm -hmm. You know, what I've learned is that the enemy who is – a withering branch coming to nothing, we said before, he is very anxious. He never knows when the last trumpet is going to sound. It could be at any moment. He has absolutely no hope. He's the only creature in all of creation that has no hope. And he projects that out onto this earth, onto this, you know, people. And I believe that the rash of anxiety problems, specifically in the church, is because these are actually very prophetic people who are picking up on what the enemy is putting out there because mm-hmm. he's so eaten up with this. And then he comes in as the accuser and he accuses you of it being your thoughts, your depression, your anxiety. It's not yours. It's his. You have a future and a hope. You walk in total victory. The highest part of hell is under your feet. So what I feel like, Janet, If you could just kind of speak to, with that encouraging heart that you have, there are people that are dealing with depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, Mm -hmm. fears, all that. I'm here to tell you that that is your enemy that's projecting what he's feeling. But you can walk through that and then actually leverage that because here's the sympathy pain in that. It's not your pain. That sometimes that anxiety, that depression is because you're about to go into an environment or maybe you're already in an environment where somebody around you is feeling that. They're Mm -hmm. feeling depressed. They're feeling anxious. They're feeling fear. And then you have an opportunity in love just to kind of take the temperature of the people around you. Hey, how you doing today? I've done this. Hey, how's your day going? Oh, man, you know. And I always say, no, I actually don't. That's why I asked. I try to be fun. Oh, no, I don't really know. What's going on? Oh, you know, and then they'll end with, you know, their pain. And it gives you an opportunity to speak life into them. Mm-hmm. So how have you seen the Lord just inhabit that inhabits you with that encourager anointing speak life into people? Um, you also mentioned the scripture. You know, God doesn't give us that spirit of fear. Yeah. But of power, power and love, love and a sound mind. mind. I recently studied those three. We are those okay. three: the love, power, and a sound mind. Power is authority. You have to take authority over these things. Okay. Um, uh, and then you know the love, love that's already supposed to be in us. You know, love God, yeah. and then love others, and then that sound mind. Mm-hmm. You know, really renewing your mind with the Word. You know, for me. That was a revelation of that word is that, you know, you have to renew your mind. You have to renew renew your mind of who you are in God's eyes and how God sees you. We talked about identity. Let's talk about identity now. 
Yeah, it's the foundation. If, yeah. if you don't know the way your father sees you, if you don't know how much you're loved, you will live as an orphan. Even if you've said the prayer, you're a believer, but you'll still live as an orphan. And that got broken off of you, you yes. were telling me, that yeah. orphan spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, brokenness, and you don't know who you are, no firm foundation, not a lot of encouragement. Mm-hmm. It was, um, you know, you're already, I was in a rebellious attitude. And that's like, you're so far away from you know, where God would really intend for you to be. And so, you know, you have all this fear and anxiety. I lived with all that for many, many years, survivor mode, you know, things have to happen now because I need to provide for myself. And here God wants to say, you're mine. I want you to know how much I love you and that I care for every detail of your life. That um, he thinks of us often that your child, your beloved, all these names. I think names are so important. You know, study your name, study who you are. Really get deep into what we talked about, these gifts. I didn't know I had an encouragement gift after all the negativity in my life. You know, and I laughed. I said, Lord, really? You want me to encourage people? Uh, How is that even possible? And you learn, you've got to learn, the word says, setting aside yourself yeah. you know to be a sacrifice for others and just learning that takes yeah. takes takes a lot you're just denying yourself like i want to be able to help other people you, you know yeah. i just know at this point that in my walk with my faith walk with god that he is for me the word like it's become life to you when you mm. put the word in you it becomes life and that you can live in it and you go god is for me he's not against me what can mere man do to me? You know, like, and he's helping me with every detail of my life. He knows when I'm hurt or broken or whatever. And, you know, I learned this this exercise that I did. I hope this helps somebody. Listen to me. When you have a soulish pain, it's soul pains in your heart. Jesus wants, he died for this. He wants to reach the deepest recesses of your heart. He wants to take that guck, that muck, that mire. He wants to take those broken areas of your heart. And it's like he scoops it out with his Holy Spirit. I was, you know, how did my mother had passed last year with everything that she wasn't for me. And that was really hard. And God was allowed allowed me this opportunity to to love her in her latter years of her life. And I struggle with that. How am I taking care of a woman that never took care of me? But God restored all that and brought us into a, a, a relationship that, you know, could be finalized in the end days. And then there was a lot of emotional hurt in there that resurfaced at her death. And that he was helping me to deal with that. And one day I went out to the beach and I just lifted up my hands to God. And I said, Holy Spirit, I called out on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your comforter, the Bible says. And he comforted me that day. And I felt him come inside that, that, that hurt at that moment. And really, I just call it like scooping it out like an ice cream scoop. He scooped it out of my heart and it's no longer a part of me. And it's over. 
I don't have to carry those pains anymore. One of my other favorite scriptures is that the Lord says, do not remember the former things the former and the things, things of old. Yeah. You have to detach. I mean, get your healing true. He wants to heal those areas of your heart, the those emotional those emotional wounds. Mm-hmm. And then he wants to put joy back into your life, peace in your life, a love in your heart, yeah. you know. And, and then he says, don't remember it. Why are you going to go back to it? Yeah, I saw a vision of um, there's a sister in our church, a, a beautiful woman that she had on her bucket list, I think, in her latter years of her life. She wanted to parachute. So we watched her parachute at a women's event one day, and I saw this vision of when she landed on the ground, and that parachute might be pulling her still because of the air. You know, she landed on the ground. It's like our past. You have to detach yourself. Let go of that parachute. Unhook. Break agreement with it. So you don't have to carry that burden of your past and those, you know, all that stuff. It's, It's over. Like... That we're to live in the present and then in the future with a relationship with God so that you could have this this he- walk in healing, you know, yeah. walk in that wholeness. That's what I found in my relationship. Yeah. And having those encounters with the with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It's, well, we only have a few minutes left, and I promised that we would talk about the Lord saying, you yes. heard in your heart, he said, I'm lovesick. Yes. Who's he lovesick for? He's and loved, what do we do about it? <laughs> and how did you hear this? Wow. So I do intercessory prayer at our church once a week. And um, I went there two weeks ago into prayer. And immediately the Lord started writing a message out in my journal. And it was like a page and a half. And the message was, and that day I was overwhelmed with a sympathy pain of nausea like I'd never felt before and I said Lord what is this and you knew it wasn't you You right like you know gas station sushi or something no it was not and that's a really crucial point for listeners because some of you might say you know my knee hurts all the time it's always hurt that's not a sympathy pain a sympathy, a sympathy pain, a word of knowledge pain, is something that is not normal for you that comes out of the blue, and it's either really, really faint, just enough to make you notice it, or it's very sharp and distinct. Mm-hmm. But it's, but you know it's not yours. Why is my elbow hurt? I've never done anything to my elbow. My right elbow is hurting. That's a sympathy pain for somebody else. So you had like a nausea thing. Nausea. It was like felt so nauseated throughout the afternoon all the way till evening till I went to bed. And it was just out of the normal. And so the message that I received and actually wrote it down. And I asked him afterwards. I said, is this for me or this is for someone else? And he said, this is for my children. And so I was able to speak it at our church service the Mm. next day. But the gist of the message was people want to go back. He said, my children want to go back to um, what it was. And he said, it's not going to be like that. It's not business as usual. And I am lovesick so much for my children that I'm actually nauseated. And And he wants, you know, can we go back to our first love? Can we love him so much? You know, that it makes us love sick for him. He's love sick for us. And then I saw in a, a vision like many uh, people were in a fetal position on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know, but watch my church arise. And in the last 
the last bit of that message was I want to throw out the old and give you new. And that old wineskin message in the scriptures, you know, he wants to pour out the new. And that's what he's doing for his people, his children. But he most importantly wanted, was sharing how lovesick he was, that he was actually feeling, I felt that nausea feeling. Okay. You know, when you fall in love for the first time, you're like, I want to be with them. Amen. So you feel like the Lord, that's the Lord's call to all of us, to all of his children, that he is lovesick for us. And let's talk quickly because we're almost out of time about seeking him in the secret place and yes. seeking his voice the the still quiet voice yes. because you hear him you hear the father all the time but it it happens in the secret place yes. mostly is that right yes secret okay. place and what is that what is a secret place it's just a quiet time between you and god most likely in the early morning first thing in the morning Go spend time with him or any time of your day, really, where you can get away from all the voices and the white noise and all the craziness of the world. Shut off the TV, shut off media, Mm -hmm. just get to the place of quietness and even stilling your body and just get in tune with his, with your spirit, your, your inner core, Mm -hmm. Uh, be attentive to listen with your and not, you'll hear not, his voice yeah. in your thoughts yes. in your heart yes and it's always quiet it's yes. the still quiet voice you have to focus on he doesn't yell the flesh yells yes. the enemy yells the lord is the still quiet voice jan and i want to thank you i want i want to have time for you to pray for our listeners we still have a little bit of time but i think there are a lot of folks out there that are like i want to hear the lord i want to hear him better i want to hear him for me um just quickly if we could just if you could pray for folks for that impartation yes father we thank you so much for this time lord i just we ask you i ask you right now lord to touch your children once again let them be attentive to your voice let them get quiet before you let them find a secret place a chair a a couch just a area in their house an apartment just a quiet setting where there's no distraction no noise so that they may hear your voice and hear you intentive and hear you intentively speaking to them and giving them the guidance and direction that they need in their life now i ask you of these things in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen and amen amen thank you for listening to the firestorm podcast with your host scott gilbert if you enjoyed today's episode please rate the show on apple podcasts or spotify and subscribe wherever you listen If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible.